Drinking this album Listen to the booze I think it would pair well If only for you Cause it's album It's album Hello friends and welcome back to Album or Brews, the stickiest and most emo music podcast. Uh, teenagers scare the living shit out of me. My name is Sarah. Teenagers scare the living shit out of me too. <laughs> My name is Danny. That's the only song from this album that I skip when I listen to it. I know that might be sad. <laughs> it's... Oh uh, god, it just gets in my head and I can't get it out. I listened to it this morning to refresh my memory and it's uh-huh. still I can't if I zone out during the podcast, it's probably because my brain's just like teenagers. <laughs> my name is Danny and uh I'm the leader of the Black Parade. Ow, ow! <laughs> and we are here for a very exciting episode of Album Rebrews. Should I just play the real quick? <sighs> just starting off with it, running. Sounds like the sixth grade. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like grass stains on my knees. And (laughs) folks, we're doing it today. We're talking about the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. And who are we talking with about the Black Parade? Hi, I'm Danny. I'm uh, from Calico Loco, and uh, yeah, it's my favorite album. Yeah, probably. That's awesome. Definitely was my favorite when I was twelve, and. And then I tried to be cool and pretend like I didn't like it. Yeah. But now, now, now I'm back. Now it's and cool now again to like it. Yeah, I have yeah. noticed that. I used to get bullied for like this and, album, <laughs> and now everybody's like people who bullied me, like posting on Facebook. Oh, I love my Chemical Romance is back, mm. and like I can't be mad. Like I'm happy that they came around. Sure, yeah. You know, like yeah. we need more. I don't know. Do, do MCR fans have like a name? Like I feel like does the fandom have? When I was, were you also on Tumblr as a teen? Yes. I was I was on like I was MCR adjacent on Tumblr because I had a really big like follow-up boy panic at the disco paramore 21 pilots phase. And so I was I was never like super, super, super into MCR, but I would see a lot of their content because it was all under that sort of like emo umbrella. And so I noticed they would often be addressed um as like several titles all corresponding to the different albums that they've put out so there was like a different name for the group based on each album so there was like members of the black parade and the killjoys and da 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 oh yeah the killjoys yeah mm. yeah, yeah 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 now everyone's a killjoy now everyone's a killjoy i love to see it <laughs> reject modernity yeah. embrace tradition uh-huh. we're getting back to our roots and they're going to be at riot fest this year yes they sure freaking are huge are you guys going we'll see Hopefully. i haven't paid for a ticket is it already sold out the mcr day probably I, I think it sold out like 2 years 3 years ago and then got canceled yeah. of course yeah. and it's like it's back and it'll definitely be sold out by the time this episode comes out yeah. Yeah. We'll be we'll be the last three people to get tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm a festival person anymore. That's a young man's game. 
Honestly, yeah. After a certain point, like my, my back knees hurts. hurts. <laughs> I, I would be a festival person for MCR. You would, I'd yeah. be the person who too. stands at the front row uh-huh. for like the entire day oh. and like doesn't use the bathroom uh-huh. and just like <laughs> doesn't vibe to any of the bands, just waiting in line. Just waiting. <laughs> just disgruntled for eight Staying hours. Staying seated for the openers. Like, yeah. <laughs> getting a nice sunburn. Danny, would you quickly tell us? I, I was so curious to hear you pick this album because it is, I wouldn't say like a stark opposite, but it's so different from Calico Loco, sonically. Uh, Calico Loco is such a fun musical project. It is so freaking like, I was was reading your Spotify description and it was something like, like the sonic equivalent of like a bedazzled denim jacket. Oh yeah, (laughs) Zeke said that once. And every, that's that's how we've described ourselves since. It's perfect. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you guys want some like sounds of the summer, check out Calico Loco, please. Oh, thank yeah, you. Do it. Um, but I'm curious, like, what got you into the Black Parade? Oh God, it's it's kind of funny because I rem- my dad was the first one who showed me, and like my dad doesn't listen to your, your dad this showed you when you were a young boy. When I was a young boy, exactly. <laughs> he put it on, and he would always play "Welcome to the Black Parade." And uh, it's funny because he like only listens to like reggaeton or uh-huh. uh, like Afro-Cuban jazz or salsa music because yeah, that's cool. all, he, all he listens to. But he would always play the Black Parade. Just that's <laughs> the song "Welcome to the Black Parade" all the time. And I just like eventually I was like, you know, I wonder if they have any other songs because I'm 12 years old and I don't know how mu- anything works. Yeah. So I googled them and I found like, whoa, they have all these songs. <laughs> um, so I like begged my dad to buy me the album because I was a good little Christian boy, and um, I couldn't listen to the songs on YouTube because they they were explicit. So I asked him to buy the the, the clean version, the clean CD, on, on and that was my first. I think my first album I ever bought, wow. and uh, I listened to it all the time. And even to this day, sometimes I sing some of the lyrics wrong because I sing the clean. I, clean the, I sing the clean version. We'll, we'll be doing karaoke. Versions. We'll be doing karaoke, and I'll be just like, "Wait, well, I don't, I don't remember this part of the song." <laughs> I love that. Uh, who would like to introduce the beer? Uh, you want to do it, Danny? Since you uh, discovered it, yeah. I I don't know much about beer, so I hope I get things right. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know what a hop is. Um, it's but, like it's like a small jump. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I pick? What I picked it. I was thinking of uh, like something dark and something edgy because like you know my chemical romance like makes my heart feel like a black hole. At least it did when I was like twelve. Now I'm yeah. like, um, so I picked a really dark beer, and then this one has like cherries in it. It's like sweet. It's cherries. It's also like quirky because it's got pretzels in it too. Apparently, I didn't know about that when mm-hmm. I picked it. Yeah. So I was thinking of like all the scene kids in like middle school, dark and quirky. And I was like, oh, this is. This will be the beer. Yeah, they were always like black clothes, but like pink or purple in their hair, right? This that is like <laughs> if you're going to the mall, you're going to go to Hot Topic, but then you're also going to go to Auntie Anne's yes. and get a yeah. pretzel <laughs> and a slushie. There's the pretzel. Yeah. It works. <laughs> but um, this is an imperial stout with cherries, pretzel, vanilla, and cocoa nibs. Ooh. So I'm excited for the, the palette on it. Let's try it. Oh, it's dark. Yum, wow, yum. that's so good. That like almost tastes. I mean, it tastes like beer, but it almost tastes like like red wine a little bit because of the cherry. Because the sweet aftertaste. There's like a million flavors. Yeah, but it's so good. Who makes this? Pipeworks. 
Pipeworks Cherry Got You Covered. And it's the only beer I've ever seen only come in a two-pack, and I got the last two. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's delicious. That's so good. I'm trying to find the pretzel flavor. This is great podcasting. I think this is my favorite dark beer I've ever had. I love I love dark beers. I don't really know much about beers because like I just I whenever I go to a restaurant and they ask for like beer, I just like, oh it's gonna be something dark. Yeah. I never follow up, but yeah. I'm 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 going to follow up on this. That's your prime dark beer. Like I said earlier, like I didn't have a super huge emo phase, but I was like tangentially kind of into this music. And I will say first and foremost, like I regret doing this, but I I don't well, I don't regret the first part. I regret the second part. Hold please. I bought this album on vinyl when I was on a lunch break when I worked at Party City in high school. It was like this super cool limited edition mm. that had this like cool cover art where I mean we're gonna talk about sort of like the storyline of the album, but you see like sort of this like little patient surrounded by all the people of the Black Parade. And it was a three-sided, like two disc record and on the fourth side was like it was kind of like a picture disc but it was like etched Ooh. so it's just like the black vinyl with like etched black parade imagery it's super sick and then I sold it because I was really broke <gasps> in college oh, no. and I regret doing that how much um, did you get for it I don't remember because I sold a bunch at a time oh. and got uh, maybe like 60 bucks total Dang. yeah but to sort of try and get into the mindset, right, to talk about this kind of music, I was looking at a bunch of Spotify podcasts, like emo legends and shit like that, um, just to try and, you know, get more familiar with this uh, vibe. And then that sort of inspired me, uh, co-inspired me with a tweet that I saw um, by at uh, Ethel Vanny, who tweeted, this is the funniest playlist Spotify has ever made. And it was a picture of a playlist called Beats to Think To. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just a guy thinking. (laughs) And it's just a guy um, sitting in like what looks like an interrogation room. (laughs) Looking very sad in a suit. So I put together a little game after seeing Beats to Think To. (laughs) I put that playlist on. I think I'm going to put it on now, actually. We're just going to put it on, like, really subtly. Oh, during the game. During the game. I like this. Thinking. I hope wow. this really sparks I've it. I've never thought so hard on this podcast before. Oh, man. So I started diving deep into Spotify's curated playlists, playlists curated by Spotify. And they have a lot of very niche ones for very particular, not just moods, but situations, foods, clothing styles. They've really got a playlist for everything and everyone. So I have a couple here. Both of you will be on a team, and I want you to tell me if this is or is not a real Spotify playlist. Now, we have a really big bar to live up to, Danny, because last time we played Sarah's game with our last guest, we went eight for eight. Oh, okay. They did literally perfect. Never happened before. Never. It was bonkers. We'll see. I spend a lot of time... On the Spotify for Artist app, okay. looking at uh, the playlist that we've been added to. Oh, sure. Mm. And uh, they're all terrible names. <laughs> so I think I have, maybe I can like, oh my God, some of them are. Wait, yeah. What are they? Will you give a couple? One of them was like, songs to manipulate your boyfriend to. <laughs> <laughs> One was like, songs to listen to when you're killing the president. Oh my God, oh, perfect. Yeah. The soundtrack of labor organizing. Which, like, That's a good one cool. to be on. That was my favorite one. Songs for committing arson with your titties out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. We get a lot of streams from that one every month. 
like that. Dancing in the kitchen with the lo- one you love. Aww. Softy soy milk indie girl playlist. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> That's very good. I'm happy that none of those are the same no, as no. the ones I have on okay. this list. I got nervous for a second. You didn't create a list called doing arson with your titties out? I did have the idea. That's a good playlist. Because so much good we're, we're, we're going to share it. We'll share that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Are you ready to guess? Yes. You're just going to tell me if it's real or fake. Okay. Uh, playlist number one is called Workout Twerk Out. That's real. That's real. You're correct. That is a real playlist. I know because I listened to that one. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> okay. You've got one point. Thing number two is called Bottomless Mimosas. Do we get bonus points if we guess what songs are on it, if it's real? Sure. Made up. You would be correct. <laughs> I made that one up. Two for two. Okay. Two for two. You really are thinking to these beats. Number three is just called Denim. Denim does have a sound. It, it's you know what got, I mean? Like a denim jacket. You know what that sounds like. We've been doing, we've been putting together a double denim show. Oh, nice. Past, so, <laughs> so you better be on the playlist. But you, do you want to say playlist? Yeah, I think playlist. Okay. Hey, oh, I made that one up. Dang. All right, you are two for three. Number four is called Chillin' with a um, apostrophe, Jesus Christ, oh. <laughs> <laughs> on a dirt road. I think it's real. Yeah, it's real. Do you want to go for any songs that might be on this playlist? Chillin' on a dirt road? Mm-hmm. I, I will I say, like this is a real playlist. It's hard to think about other music when these beats are just so good. <laughs> I feel All like I think about who is the let beat. the dogs out is on that playlist. <laughs> so you're going in a different direction. <laughs> we've got some Jake Owen. We've got some Miranda Lambert, mm. Casey Musgraves. Oh. So this is like a, a chill, chill country vibe. Chill country. I was yeah. thinking like on a safari on like a dirt oh, road. Yeah. And like what's the wild thornberries? The main song yeah. was who let the dogs out. Oh. <laughs> It could have been like some some like world some music, like, yeah. some, some goat. Yeah, yeah. This one, it's important that I say it's all lowercase. Okay. It's called Gloomcore. All one word. Gloomcore. I feel like it should be uppercase. I feel like it has to be real because you specified it was lowercase. Mm. Or you just really thought out the she, fake playlist. She do be thinking out. I really think out she the games really, I play. Yeah. I play mind games That's why we were so guest. impressed when we got eight for eight because she makes them so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's real. I feel like it's real. I would listen to Gloomcore. This one is real. Do you want to guess any songs on this one? I bet Law Dispute is on there. I feel like Maybe it's going to be Defeater. like sad indie girl music. There um, is The Smiths. Oh, that's, uh, that checks uh, out. Bon Iver. Oh. Oh. Next up is called Beer Ampersand. So Beer and Wings. Mm, that's too good to be real. Unless you work as pod, like they should hire you because... <laughs> I think feel like this name's not real, uh, but it should be. It gets giving me the same vibe as the other one, I guess, right, for Sarah. Uh-huh. Or it's just like too Sarah-y. I'm going to say Sarah. You think I made it up? Yeah. I should work at Spotify. <laughs> no, I shouldn't. That one's real. That oh. one's real. Uh, that one is a real playlist featuring the Black Keys, Red Hot Chili Peppers, ACDC, White Stripes, Foo Fighters. Uh, the description for this one says, cold beer, hot wings, Great rock. This is your game day soundtrack. So, I guess so. Do, do it that what you will. I don't know how I feel about that one. I'm going to write that one a bad review. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Next one is called Pretty Girl Rock. That feels, that feels like a Spotify name. Yeah. But it won't have like snail mail on it. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
But the like, way you said, like, oh yeah, makes me feel like it's not real anymore. Maybe like Lana Del Rey. Does Lana Del Rey rock? She did that Sublime cover. Fair. <laughs> so do you think it's real? I think it's real. What do you, you want to go what real or fake? No. Let's go fake. fake. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow Danny's. Good on you for trusting Danny. That is a fake playlist. Okay. It's the oh yeah, gave it away. Mm. <laughs> I gotta be more careful in my delivery. <laughs> nah, I just named that one for the um. What's the song? My name is Carrie. I'm so very. There's a song called Pretty Girl Rock. Um, Last one, last playlist potentially, is called Lactic Acid Run. I used to want to start a band called Galactic Lactic Acid. (laughs) (laughs) And would that band be on this playlist? Maybe. Is this a hyperpop playlist? Lactic, lactic acid, acid rock. Oh, Those, acid. Oh, yeah. So it's like acid. upbeat, trippy like, music. Oh, oh, like rave at the yeah, drop like, acid and yeah, go on a Like treadmill. it's like Flying Lotus and like. <laughs> mm, I was thinking like. like I hope it's real. Pacific now. 808 or yeah. like. Yeah, I feel like it's got to be real. Is it real? It is oh, real. Let me it? play a little bit of what is on this playlist because I'm not familiar with any of these bands, but it seems like it could be what you're describing. I want to run to this yeah. and be an acid. Oh, fuck yeah. It's probably yeah. not a good pairing. This is the song Tell You by K-Motions with a Z. Oh, that rules. <laughs> um, okay, thank you for playing. I think you only got three wrong out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So that means you win. Okay. You win. That's a, that's a C-. minus. And we that pass. means you both get a spot on the playlist in my heart thank you so much for playing should we get into the album yes let's talk about it i'm not gonna lie i'm already feeling this beer a little bit it's 11 percent. i meant to say that earlier oh fuck (laughs) it's a sipper (laughs) oopies i'm halfway done with mine it's so good we should also mention we're recording this at like noon yeah we we almost did a rum drink and we were like (laughs) that could backfire I didn't realize, Danny, that you like have a show you're going to after this. Oh, yeah, no. Well, it's not till seven. It's we're playing a, oh, yeah, the secret show that people aren't going to be able to go to because it all comes out in like three weeks. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, we're playing a, I feel like we're going to show up and everybody's already going to be blacked out. Mm -hmm. It's like that kind of show. So, you'll be be in good company. This will be the only beer I have today, probably. (laughs) So, let's start at the beginning, which is the end. That was good. Thanks. That was really good. So this sets us up for the album, which I did not realize was a concept album until listening to this. It's kind of like, I never heard this when I was listening to it, like, the first time, but people are, like, calling it a rock opera. Yeah. So this is, like, technically the second rock opera we've covered on this podcast. (laughs) I like rock operas. I'm a fan of rock operas. (laughs) I guess. I was never into this album. My older brother had the one before it. Three Cheers for Vengeance? Revenge? Sweet Revenge. Sweet Revenge. revenge. Yeah, And and that was on play all the time. I had it, like, set up in my Xbox One with, like, the visualizer, if you know, you know. (gasps) Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I was only familiar with the radio singles off of this one, so this was a really cool deep dive into the concept album Nias of it uh, and the end kind of introduces us to that a little bit. Danny, do you want to kind of talk about the concept of it a little bit? Yeah. When I first heard this album, I was a kid, and I thought starting an album with the end was like the craziest thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa. But it's the, actually the beginning. I yeah. wonder what it means. But uh, it's funny because like this is a rock opera, kind of. Um, but it, it like, came out the same year, like the year right after American Idiot. Which yeah. was like the most 
obvious rock opera with like characters and like yeah. a plot and like a story. And this is like so much more. Like this album doesn't really have a plot, Mm-mm. and there's not really characters that are consistent. It's just kind of like the patient. Right? Yeah, is the patient kinda... is somebody, but he's only in like a couple of songs. Yeah, it's just like like the whole album kind of. I think it's about death. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say. I remember when I first got the album because when my dad bought it. My dad was like, are you sure you want this album? It's about death. <laughs> and I was like, no, you wanted more. Because I'm like, whoa, I only listened to like, the Black Eyed Peas at that yeah. point in my life. Like, all I listened yeah. to was like Boom Boom Pow. 2006 or, or something. Yeah. So I'm like, whoa. Um, but yeah, this, I remember like doing a deep dive. I got obsessed with the album. I'm like, I'm going to connect a story. And I'm like on forums, like searching people are saying, like deciphering the album. Yeah. And like everybody's like, some people are just like most like wild shit ever. Like actually, my friend knows my chemical romance and he told me blah, blah, blah. And you're just oh, like, shit. so I don't know what the album's really about because you think it's all about death and then they throw teenagers at the end. Yeah. Just for like the hell of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I also kind of like that it's not like a regular rock opera with like a beginning to the end. We mm-hmm. like that super, it just kind of feels like a little campy. Yeah. Like this, I feel like it's aged really well. Yeah. Because it's just like, just get just a good, a good mood, a good atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. And you told us off air that you had actually, uh, in middle school or high school, written your own. Oh, yes. Okay. So, oh my God, this is embarrassing. When I was, (laughs) I was probably in middle school, if I'm thinking, because I remember I wrote it in one of, in my, I would always write it in my phone notes mm-hmm. in while I was in bed at night and I imagined it was the house we lived in when I was in middle school um so I just saw the movie Sucker Punch here's the movie Sucker Punch mm-hmm. it's so good so it, it's like this girl who like is like in a mental institution and uh she like uses music or like she hears music in her head and when she's listening to the music she's like imagining she's in like some like crazy battle like oh, band. like okay. there's one episode there's one scene with like Dragon. There's another one with like samurai, like like ghost samurais. There's Nazi zombies. Like it's okay. just like just she just stuff. she just imagines these final these huge things in her head that are like big battles, and that's like the story is told through there. So I was like, oh, but you know what's even crazier and more depressing than a mental institution? It's like high school. <laughs> <laughs> so I wrote, I wrote this like little this little like movie type thing of like with the soundtrack where it's like this. Somebody's in high school and they like they have like crazy battles to like (laughs) and like with dragons and they like use all the songs from the other albums too. Like I remember, I remember the big final battle at the end of the movie was with the song "Destroya." Perfect. From I forget what it's called, the Killjoy album. What's that one called again? Uh, It's got the spider on the cover. Yeah, Danger Days. Danger Days. So yeah, it was like a big. It wasn't just about this album, but it's so cringy when I link back at it. Do you still have it somewhere, like in your notebooks? No, it was it was saved on my iPhone app, (gasps) and I probably lost. Looked over it at one point, and I was like, "Oh, loser wrote this." (laughs) But I know I'm not the only person because my friend, who's also a musician in Chicago, she's like a noise artist mm-hmm. i told her about this and she first thing she said was i wrote a my chemical romance movie too <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing so i guess <laughs> perfect i wonder who else has and if there are any copies out there i would love to hear please them. uh yes. shoot us an email or a dm if you have written a oh, <laughs> my chemical romance <laughs> i would live if, if zach and like- i can like if you have like a little like one scene, my chemical romance thing that Zach and I can act out. Yeah, we will create an audio drama I for you. I would literally uh. love nothing more. <laughs> one of the scenes in the movie I remember. So the main character was a girl, 
and she was on the volleyball team. Hell yeah. <laughs> and during a volleyball game, instead of imagining volleyball, she imagined like this giant dragon. Mm. And I forget one of the songs was like, I don't know. It was like basically Sucker Punch, the yeah. exact same thing. Um, but yeah, it was, I would think about it in my head, be like, yeah, this would be so cool. I should just work at Hollywood. Yes. I will be the director that makes this. <laughs> How do you guys feel about the end, this first track? I, well, Danny, like you said, I think calling the opener the end is just such a, like, wink. Um, I think I, I have some, like, general notes about the album that I want to say very quickly. I love it, first of all. Yes. I think that My Chemical Romance at the time, like, was really just not pulling any punches with this one. Like, they were pulling in so many different, like, styles and a lot of like really heavy themes um, and making something like so entertaining with it. Like this opener is almost like a sea shanty, <laughs> but it's talking about like death, like very in, in some like songs just very plainly and explicitly um, and sort of the general, like, like you said, Danny, like there's not like a storyline. It's more so like, the songs are just, like, little, f- like, scenes, like, little sort of situations versus, like, this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens. But the end almost feels like the soliloquy at the beginning of, like, Romeo and Juliet, Ooh, where yeah. someone's like, come one, come all, to this tragic affair. Mm-hmm. The tragic affair being, like, our patient that we mentioned earlier, who, like, kind of a general theme on the album is, like, this patient has a terminal illness and, like, is gonna die. Cancer cancer and some people say cancer is metaphorical in a lot of ways on the album it's very very literally written i think it's awesome it's so cool and we it also starts with like an ekg like heartbeat too like there's a lot of hospital themes yeah um catch that heartbeat yeah my mom's a nurse so like (laughs) when i was a kid she was an emergency like an er nurse so I, I didn't, like, spend a lot of time in hospitals because I was, like, constantly sick or injured. I just, like, went because I was, like, dropping off fundraiser pizzas or, like, going to hang out with my mom. <laughs> um, so I heard that and I was like, oh, hey. I have a very fun fact. Yes, please. Um, I'm at the end of my beer. Uh-huh. Uh, not regrettably. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. Another. What do you have to do today? This. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> there are pretzel bits at the bottom of oh, it. Oh, that's so amazing. <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> no, there are. Oh, my God. <laughs> I haven't tasted one yet. I'm scared to. But I'm like, what is at the bottom of my beer? It's little chunks of pretzel. <laughs> right quick, I've got a fun thing. Will you play Pink Floyd's In the Flesh, just the beginning? I would love nothing more. Is that off of the wall? Yes. And in an interview, Gerard Way says uh, the end uh, feels a bit like the beginning of this mm. song in mm. the flesh. They're the same chord progression, I think. Are they? Yeah, it's like the, it's like the doo-wop progression. It's like bum, 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 bum. Oh. I think I'm pretty sure. Because I played, I know how to play all, this whole album on guitar. That's fantastic. one of my first bands we covered in the flesh. Remind me of the doo-wop progression. Uh, in, is... It's a one, six, four, five. Oh. So it's like in the key of C. I don't know, C-A-F-G, um, but yeah, I wonder. Uh, yeah, if they really leaned into the influence from it. Let's let's listen to it. I yeah. haven't listened to it yet. The Wall is also kind of a rock opera, right? I don't actually know. I'm a bad Pink Floyd fan. I feel like I I was like trying to hella research for this album, and I kept seeing The Wall pop up. Mm. So let's hear a little bit of In the Flesh. Mm. 
same one. Oh my god! I love having musicians on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) To those who could not see, uh, Danny was doing the chord progression while it was happening. Uh, One, six, four, five. (laughs) And they both have sort of that waltzy, like one, two, yeah. Okay, so I could see the I could see the lines drawn. Okay, so the end ends, and we get, like, an EKG flat line, which is so perfect. We get a flat line into dead, and, like, oh, when you sense. see the heart monitor, you'll, you'll get it. You'll fucking get it. You're so smart. Fucking kidding me? It's good shit. It's good shit. <sighs> so fucking fun. I have, it, a, f- I have oh. a fun fact for this one too. It's not about the beer. Go for it. So, um, do you guys remember '80s music when you were a kid? Uh, what kind? Like, like hair metal or like New Order? Uh, like hair metal or like just like popular '80s music you'd hear with like the synth. My mom or, or was like, really into Prince. Or like the one with like the jukebox. <laughs> Don't you forget <laughs> about me? And it felt so old. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. That's how we are. The same distance from 80s music when we were a kid now to this music to now. Does that make sense? Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> we're old. <laughs> oh, no. This is, this is 80s music to 12-year-olds. <laughs> I guess if we're going to, like, reflect on our own mortality, like, this is the album to yeah. do it with. You know, I was listening to the radio. I never listened to the radio, but I was, like, we were, I was driving to a gig in Wisconsin, and my phone was dead. So I'm just, like, listening to the local radio on the way because mm-hmm. I, couldn't, I couldn't get Spotify on my phone. Um, and they, I was listening to like oldies and today, mm-hmm. the chill, like the music of our youth. And it was like, like, it was like a total dad station. Oh, man. <laughs> and they were playing Green Day, Red Hot Chili Peppers, which I don't listen to either of those bands, right. but they did play my like, Corona. <laughs> oh, they played, uh, the one that's like, I'm not, they played I'm Not Okay. Oh my God. It came out. I'm like, we're, uh, we're working we're, on a dad rock themed live show. <laughs> and I was looking at, Fan or you know, user made Spotify playlists for dad rock, and they're just like 90s and 2000s music. And I'm like, that's how old dads are right now. (laughs) (laughs) Those those are the songs I like. (laughs) This episode is coming out the day after our live show. Oh, hell yeah! So it'll make sense. Okay, cool. If you went, how was it? How was it? Did you have fun? Let us know in the comments below. We haven't done it yet. <laughs> I hope it's good. I, I it's bet good. it was good. Uh, but I was bringing, I was invoking the '80s because this guitar solo is a little oh, '80s yeah. hair, so over the top. Yeah, just like oh. I think a really strong part of this entire album, and one of the reasons it's so like it's not like. I mean, there are parts of this album that are really fun to listen to. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say this is, like, a fun album, but it is sure. a really entertaining one. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so entertaining to listen to. And I think a lot of that can not only be credited to, like, this big, like, boisterous, like, 80s guitar music and then also, like, a Queen-esque guitar solo oh, yeah, and all this shit. It, yeah. But also, like, I think Gerard Way's really theatrical vocal delivery mm-hmm. is so good on so many of these mm-hmm. songs. Mm-hmm. And in this song specifically, where like 
sort of finding out what the fuck mm. is up with the patient. And there's a bridge mm. where oh, yeah. oh. they're oh. sort of like about. singing as the doctor yeah. and saying what's up. And like campy, I would say this album is campy. Oh, it's so in, campy. You in, say campy. With so much love, I would say it's so campy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's literally singing like, and he's saying like, we found a complication in your heart and you have two weeks to live. Yeah. Like, what a fucking way to deliver it's that It's like a, a, a stompy, yeah. cheery, like, I'm, I'm running my hands back and forth, side yeah. to side. Like. Yeah, Zach's doing a little dancey dance. It, it, like, sounds like a musical. And it's like, hey, man, you're going to die of cancer in, in a couple weeks. weeks. God. Jeez Louise. And then we go into the guitar solo. to hear that little bit. I miss guitar solos. How do you feel about the guitar solo? I love them, but I feel like they're not cool to do anymore. I Um, think that one was... Like so perfect. That like, was eight, a great bars, guitar. right? It was so and, short, and it's sweet. everything you wanted. <laughs> and it was like giving classic rock, like. Oh, yeah. I like. I go to. I try to go to shows to see local bands all the time, sure. and I love all my all my friends, all the bands I've seen. But nobody does guitar solos anymore. Yeah. Like Pink Squeeze did a guitar solo last time I saw them. Slay. But other yeah. than them, I can't. I can't think of anybody that guitar solos. Wow. They do like heavy chord breakdowns, but sure. like strumming. But like, I'm thinking of like. Cheesy guitar solo. And like, I don't know. Are they not cool anymore? Bring them back. Calico Loco has guitar solos in every other song. That's fantastic. You should. (laughs) I don't care how campy they are. Yeah. How do you write your guitar solos? Do you think like a melody is important or is it more virtuosity? What's your... I don't really write most of the guitar solos. Okay. Um, So we have two guitar... Two other guitar players. Okay. Zeke and Karin. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're more guitar players than me. I just strum. It's hard to do crazy stuff when you're singing too, right? Yeah. It's way too hard. I don't know. I, I guess I wish they were here, but <laughs> but uh, I I'll sometimes I'll just right when I write a song I'll just leave a section open sure. and I'll say hey one of you guys do a guitar solo and they both style they both have super different styles like Zeke's very like his guitar solos are very like riff based they're really repetitive and they mm-hmm. like they're really groovy and then Curran is probably much more like eighties kind of like I mean he he like when. Me and Curran were in a band together. We were in high school. Nice. We covered in the flesh together. Hey. That's awesome. Um, and like he loves shredding, like on those like eighty style riffs. So you can probably tell when you're listening to a song which one is who. Yeah, I wrote one guitar solo on uh, Minty Newports, which I, I wrote that song so long ago. I hate it right now. <laughs> oh, no. But when we when we recorded it, we all did our own solos, and my solo was not good enough to make the cover. Oh, no. <laughs> so I don't have guitar solos anymore. <laughs> But you do like them. That's I do all like counts. Them. We'll say explicitly this podcast is pro guitar solo. Pro guitar solo. solo. We love them. If you have them. a guitar solo, I want to hear it. Yeah. yeah. How do we feel about bass solos? About bass solos? Yeah. Oh, I love them. I love a solo. I want a, I want a tambourine solo. I want a triangle solo. I want a piccolo solo. I want all the solos. I want everyone to have their little moment. I love I love a 
Blue Monday starts with a kick drum solo. Oh, Perfect. kick drum just solo. Get us going. One drum. Uh-huh. We're playing that tonight at the Secret Show. Nice. <laughs> Ooh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I don't want anyone to disappear. I don't, I don't want to know how any of these people disappear. I want them to come to the front and have a solo. This That's was me trying song. to segue oh, into the next okay. song. <laughs> I ruined it. So I told the story over the drink break, but uh, I gotta say it again. So I had the clean version. The reason I paid for it is I used to torrent all my CDs from the library. I would just go to the <gasps> library, check out a CD, upload it. To my la- I did that till like 2015. Yeah, <laughs> I still, I still yeah. do it sometimes. Yeah. But they didn't have the clean version, and I felt bad, you know, being a good little Christian boy. So I bought the clean version, but because the lyrics were all different, at the end of uh, Dead, he says, you motherfucker, really loud. And then the recording just says, your mother. Mm-hmm. And I Which, thought he was talking about his mom. It's a stark difference. Right? Yeah, it's huge yeah. difference. So I'm like on like Omegle. Like <laughs> debating. As one does in I'm 2007. Like <laughs> debating with some like, I typed in my chemical romance as my interest. And I'm debating with this fan. And we're talking about this song. And I'm like, oh yeah, I think it's you know really powerful when he calls out to his mom at the end. And the guy's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> that is not in the song. And I'm like, what? I'm like 12 years old. I like Google the lyrics. I'm like, oh, <gasps> shit. I learned a new word that day. <laughs> did you also, when you were a kid and you heard people swear, did you also think they were, like, breaking the law? That's okay. So you know how I said, I don't know if I, you were on the podcast yet or we were just talking before, but you know how I said Teenagers is my favorite song of the yeah. album? So maybe it's just religious trauma because, like, you know. <laughs> we, 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 we know. We know. <laughs> we know. Yeah. Some of us were in deep. Oh, yeah. They don't bleep the word shit <gasps> on the clean version. Oh. So teenagers was not actually clean. And every time I would listen to it, I would feel like such a baddie. Like, like yeah. oh my God, they're swearing in this song. It would make me <laughs> like, ugh. <laughs> I mean, that also the song is like super annoying. Like yeah. the only song I skip on this album. But uh, yeah. That's so funny. Do you remember that song that we play on the radio that was like, come on, get... We talked about this, I think, last, last episode. episode. Kissing my lips, strengthen as I... This not tell you that musician's pull name. Me down hard. Song, so though. that song would play on the radio and... My mom, I mean, my mom wasn't very, like, strict growing up, but she, like, definitely, like, would frame the words, like, stupid and hate as, like, <gasps> damn near swear words. <sighs> She was like, you cannot say you hate something. You should not call something stupid. <laughs> like when I was a kid. Parents are so true. part of that song, he goes like, I just hate how it sounds. And when I was like driving to church on Sundays, hearing that song, I would dead ass when I was like seven years old, plug my ears when I knew he was going to say hate. <laughs> because I thought I was like doing the wrong thing by hearing that That's word. a very cute, tender little Sarah <laughs> story. Tiny <laughs> little baby I would it's, plug it's, just for the word hate. It's real. It's, yeah. It yeah. gets you. When, when we're, we're jumping ahead, but when we do Welcome to the Black Parade, mm-hmm. and he says, like, the beaten and the damned. Every time oh, I would sing that, I would feel like such a baddie. Be like, yeah. No. I said damn. I said damn. <laughs> I can do whatever I want. Who wants me? And then I would, like, pray about it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, God. Please forgive me. <laughs> Only you can damn people. I'm, I'm <laughs> saying, I just be saying. Yeah, we get it. We're we're with you. We're with you there. <laughs> Track number three. This is how I disappear. What do we have? What do we have to say about this song? Did, did you guys read about the Harry Houdini bit? The huh? The Harry Houdini bit. No, I didn't. Harry Tell me, Houdini is a. Uh, Real magic user. Yeah. Actually, well, he's not. Uh, <laughs> you're telling. Wait, Zach. 
Are you saying magic isn't real? Magic is not real. What? You guys, you guys were just talking about how Christian you were. Yeah. I mean, that's why God Jesus can is, do magic. Gee, God can do a that's little magic. That's why I was afraid of it's, magic well, shows when I was a kid. <laughs> 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 Only God can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Only so. God can pull a rabbit out of his hat. So this next song, How I Disappear, this is How I Disappear. Uh, there's a little more story element maybe, you know, with the whole overarching. But it's also inspired by a real-life seance that Harry Houdini's wife held after he passed away. Tell me more. That's all I have written down. Oh. Um. <laughs> oh, I w- I'm glad I didn't know that when I was 12 years old, because otherwise I would have been too afraid to listen to that song. Oh, that would have freaked me uh, out. But there's a, yeah, there's a real seance that Harry Houdini's wife did, and he drew inspiration from that uh, for the song. And he also said in this interview in 2005 that this is one of his personal favorite songs. Mm. Well, this one kind of has a, like, if, if we're still talking about death, if we're still talking about, like, there's a big theme of terminal illness— Um, one could say that in this, like the chorus is without you is how I disappear. The patient, our sort of protagonist, quote unquote, is saying like, without you, without like this person that they love, without this family member, without whoever, they're going to be completely forgotten once they die. Yeah. no. Without you is how I disappear. Without your memory of me. My existence is just kind of like thrown in the shitter once I kick it. <laughs> <laughs> it's an ouch. It's an ouchie. It's, yeah. I like this song. It's a good but one. It wasn't, you know, it's it's good. I it's like it. One. I always listen to this song, but I when I was a when I first started listening to music, I would I was not a very patient kid. Mm-hmm. And like if the song didn't hook me in right like in the first like ten seconds, I'd be like, ah, I don't like this song. Hmm. Um so this song I don't know, but the chorus is so catchy. I love yeah. the song, and I still know all the words. Yeah. <laughs> but I probably couldn't talk about it for an hour totally. like I could with Dead. But, yeah, I like this one mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of feel the same way with Sharpest Life. Like, it's a good tune. There's more character development, mm-hmm. right? This person living a sharp life, a, a, you know, an edgy life, a life on the edge. Yeah, this like, one start again. I forget. Oh, let me play it. Let me play it. Oh yeah. It's kind of giving like. No, never mind. I was gonna. I was gonna sort of say like. Take your time. Everything, everything will be alright. Shout out to the season two premiere of Album Bruise. Shout out to Cameron Bob. Yeah, we covered Jimmy Eat World. Um, but this song would be like. If we were like watching a movie where like someone like gets their moxie back, this is like the bad boy montage. In slow motion. In slow motion, where they like mm. go to the mall and they like set the zoomies on fire and they walk away without even looking at it. It really is just a nice build up to the next song, which we all want to talk about. The vocal performance on that song is so good, though. Yeah, like yeah. he gets so high, and oh god, I can't even sing that song. Is that yeah. the one that's like, give me a shot to remember? Yeah. 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 And this one also, ooh, this one has some tough-ass lyrics. Just like fucking hard. You're the one that I need. I'm the one that you loathe. The sun is ashamed to rise and be in love with all these vampires. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Those go hard as fuck, dude. Are you kidding me? So, like, this person, like, if if we're alluding to, like, the patient again, like, they're like, okay, I'm going to die in two weeks. I'm going to go on a fucking bender, and everyone I know hates me because I'm a shitty person. But fuck it. Fuck it. And then we go into the song. Which is, I'll let you guys all gush, too. I'll I'll start the gushing. Yeah. This hit different after I realized what the whole album's about. Did it hit different for you guys? 
this is potentially the patient reliving childhood memories right before they die. When yeah. they when they're remembering being a young boy at a parade with their father. Yeah. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I was like, I was reading about this one, and apparently Gerard Way has this belief that like when you're fucking like right about to kick the bucket, right when you're about to die, you like relive one of your favorite memories. Yeah. So this was sort of like this person is slipping right into death and having this like flashback of their father taking them to a parade when they were a young Young boy. boy. All five minutes and 11 seconds of this song is a fucking ride. Yeah, it's so good. This is the song is the reason. I'm a piano teacher. Yeah. Outside of this, this is the reason whenever my students at like the second highest, the third highest C on the piano, uh-huh. my brain's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm transported to being 12 years old again. Like, listening to this on my iPod. Yeah. <laughs> like a sleeper yeah. agent. You're like, you can hear those first three intervals and you know you're instantly in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, if we're talking about like theatrics too, like mm-hmm. this is a song with acts. This is like, almost like symphonic yeah. in the way that the song is structured. Did you ever hear the story of how they wrote the whole structure of the song? No. Mm-hmm. I don't know the whole story, and I'm not going to cite my sources, so don't <laughs> fact check me. But like they, the, the rest of the song after that opening, mm-hmm. like they had written, or most of it was written, like the, like the carry on, like that part. And they were sitting on it for like ever. And I think they like didn't know what to do with it because it was like, wasn't like, this song is great, but like that middle part, right when it gets loud, it's it's good, but it's not like the best My Chemical Romance song. Right. So they didn't know what to do with it. And then until some, one day, somebody in the band wrote that little piano melody, mm. and they made that be the intro for the song. Oh. And they, that like changed the entire song. But then when they did that, they were like, oh shit, none of our songs are as good as this song. <laughs> so they like, re, like they redid, like, like half the album. Wow. Just because they're like, oh, now this song to, is to on. To catch there. up for this one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, I, I wonder how much they changed because, like, the outro of this song is the same as the intro, but, like, you know, instrumentally, it's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, I wonder, like, because when they talk about it, they're like, yeah, this song sucked until we, <laughs> we, we, we wrote it. So, I'm like, oh, God. But yeah, it's such a good song. It's insane. It's yeah. insane. What other fucking notes? Do this I is have? the song that got my dad to, like, only song he would listen to that wasn't reggaeton. Was yeah. one song. <laughs> Your dad has good taste. Uh, yes. I like that the line in here in the chorus is, your memory will carry on, will carry on, which is in contrast to him being worried about being forgotten. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. Like, right? Yeah. It's a little more joyous, which is represented in the music, right? Yeah, this one kind of, like, gets the morale back up. Yeah. We've got the, like, like it really like gets your oh, morale yeah. back up. Yeah, the snare drum like is a marching band snare drum. Like a mar- <laughs> Can we play? I'm gonna play the like do or die part. I cool. feel like that's good. a really good note. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just do that like six more times. I'm at my like text tone whenever I get a text. Like, <laughs> just one note. It's all you need. That'll be good for perfect pitch, right? You said it's the third C. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Change. 
very Oof. previously we talked about um Bo Burnham's Pandarin song. Yeah, sure. And you know in that song where he goes, Y'all motherfuckers ready for a key change? <laughs> I think about that every time something like that happens in music. Yeah, we're just <laughs> I also think just during that part. If I was like an emo teen in 2006, which like in 2006, I was eight years old and in a lot of dance classes. Mm. Like I was a little far from emo. I was a little removed. I didn't get there until a little bit later. Um, But God damn, I understand why this was an anthem for for so many people. (laughs) Because if that doesn't like get you up. Ready to rally? Yeah, like, it's so campy, but they like they so wear it so well. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way to phrase it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you literally like you're like all marching together, like as this little emo group. Oh, it just it just sounds like eyeliner. Yes. Oh. Oh, yeah, I, <laughs> yes. I would listen to this song, and I would just like I wanted to be emo so bad yes. when I was a kid. I was like. Oh. Someday I'll be emo. Which is, emo is a phrase the band doesn't actually completely agree with. Did you guys read that? What? Yeah. Tell me more. I feel like the definition of emo has changed. It's changed. Because when I think of emo when I was like young, like, of course, I thought this was emo when I was a kid. But when I think of like emo music used to meant like 20 years ago, I think of like, like Rites of Spring or like. American football, mm-hmm. like those, like twinkly guitar with on the t- like twinkly yeah, telecaster. Yeah, was in the nineties, yeah. right before yeah. it became mall emo. And then all of a sudden, emo now means like my chemical romance, fall out boy, yeah. mm-hmm. and like I don't like. I mean, words changed. I don't really care, but like it's funny that like I don't even when I think of emo music, I don't think of my chemical romance. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's. What do you call my chemical romance? Like pop rock? I feel like they're this... just like oh my god. I don't know. I, just, I feel like they're just like really elaborate pop punk. Yeah. But yeah. like but now it's like nowadays that's emo. So I mean and now they have a separate genre for like American football. It's called Midwestern emo. Yeah. Which is which, cool with me, I guess. We wait. talked about this before. I have to quickly shout and, out. And you Dave. can't make Midwestern emo unless you know how cold it is here. I have to quickly shout out Dave Igliozzi, dear, dear, dear friend of the pod, who I forgot to shout out during the Spotify game. Oh. <laughs> because Dave sent me a, speaking of Midwest emo, Dave sent me a post on Instagram. That says this is Midwest emo and it's a Spotify playlist, quote unquote. It's a it's a meme, but it just says depression and homosexuality. <laughs> <laughs> so, shout out to Dave, real quick. Yeah. Um, I would call my chem and like Paramore and whatever, like like early two thousands big air quotes emo. Well, yeah. I've heard the phrase mall emo, which is where emo stopped being underground and like, like started topic. being hot topic. So yeah. like some of these guys are mall emo. That's I think. like the weird thing is like, I don't think this sounds anything like like American football or right now. Oh, like yeah. it's just like its own I feel like they just heard the whiny voices and were like, this is emo music. Yeah. yeah. So they're like know. kids with black nail polish are gonna love this one. <laughs> <laughs> and that makes it emo. Uh how do you guys feel about I don't love you? Um, can we bring back the cry counter? Cry counter. Cameron, I please. Did, I did this for um, when we talked about Olivia Rodrigo's Sour. We'll get one point on the Made Sarah Cry counter. Because <laughs> this one was a big fat ouch. Um, and it's like a really heavy theme. Like if you are talking to someone who the relationship is deteriorated, but you find out you're like terminally ill and this person is still kind of like dead set on leaving you. Oh, man. Uh, would this person like be able to look into the eyes of this person with cancer and be like, sorry, I don't love you and dip. 
That's I made you cry. Ouch. I gave you a big, big, big cry vibe. It made me. It gave me a big cry. It gave yeah. me a big cry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Genius says this is the band's most literal attempt at capturing heartbreak. Uh, yeah. and I think they captured it, right? <laughs> yeah, and the lyric when he goes, "Better get out while you can," made me cry. Oh. It made me cry because it's like, well, if you're gonna go, like now's the time. Now's the fucking time. They've Oof. sort of like resigned themselves to this person leaving them, and that's so sad. What a hard topic to write about. This ouchie, yeah. ouchie. I've definitely cried with this one. Oh yeah. 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 Also, I just realized this song, also the same chord progression as In the Flesh. Come on. And the opening of Welcome to the Black Parade is also the same chord progression as Into the Flesh. Oh, so there, there's that's, a theme. that's probably why it's my favorite chord progression now. Because I listen to this album all day long for yeah. like six years of my life. <laughs> also, one quick note about vocal delivery. The part of the song where Gerard's at the very, very, very end where he goes... Would you have the guts to say? Like, just that sort of, it's, it's more nuanced than I just did it. Um, but there's, oh God, there's this like tangible, like heartbreak in that vocal delivery. It just really sells it. I don't, I don't think that like Gerard Way is the patient necessarily. Like, he's no, just sort of like, not. he's the narrator telling the story. Sort, yeah. yeah. But God no, damn, his his just sort of like commitment to like injecting so much emotion into this whole album vocally is insane. Mm-hmm. It's insane. It's so good. Super talented. Guy. It's. I think it's part of like what makes this such a classic. Mm-hmm. House of Wolves is about hell, and then the next song is wait, about wait, wait, cancer. Wait. <laughs> I have a quick note about House of Wolves. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> okay. So House of Wolves. Yes. We have we said this yet? There's a lot of very like kind of nuanced sort of like cabaret influences yeah. on this album, which I'm super. I mean, t- they literally got Liza Minnelli on a track later. Like if we're talking cabaret, um, who's but, Liza Minnelli? Or we can get to it. We'll get to okay. it. Okay, <laughs> oh, sweetheart, Liza Minnelli, our angel. The intro to House of Wolves reminded me of something. I know exactly what you're going to play. Are you so, going to play what I think you're going to play? Do you know what she's going to play? This is kind of giving me like swingy big band. Oh, you're, I know what you're thinking now. And out. so I just wanted to Are show you this play parallel. Big bad mood? <laughs> oh, it's the same song. <laughs> this is the song Sing, Sing, Sing by Benny Goodman. <laughs> yeah, it's the same song. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? But also, to have a fucking, like, mall emo, let's, sure, we'll call them that, like a mall emo band doing fucking Benny Goodman <laughs> on a track. Ah! That's so fun. Yeah. That's I feel so like fun. Theatrical. I feel like that's why we still listen to this album. Because, like, yeah. there's so many mall emo bands that I want to talk to on other other bands. No, you but, can. Like, we do that here. Like, I remember, like, <laughs> I used to, like, love Newfound Glory, and oh, I used sure. to love, like, like Fall Out Boy, and I'm like there's a simple plan like all these mm-hmm. bands and all their singers always sound the same like they have yeah. that same voice somehow like we're still listening to this I Can Look Romance is cool finally like it's cool yeah. to like My yeah. Chemical Romance 18 years like, later yeah but it's like all these other bands that sound like mall emo like they, they 
they all sound the same, like singer wise, especially. Mm-hmm. But they probably because they do weird shit like that, you know. Like, <laughs> you know? They put in this jungle groovy beat from jungle the sixties, the cabaret. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're literally putting this like the Liza Minnelli. Yeah. Liza Minnelli, <laughs> literally like timeless. I don't know if it was like an explicit like, oh, let's do Benny Goodman, but like. The f- I, Zach, I think you knew what I was going to play before yeah, I was even going to totally play it. Yeah, I totally knew that song. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't name it, but I was like, yeah, that's the drum beat. It helps it hold up. <laughs> I don't know any other Molly Mo bands that would do Benny Goodman. Yeah. <laughs> that or, was my, or do Benny Goodman justice. <laughs> yes. That was my only I note I don't want to hear Asking Alexandra do no. <laughs> Benny Goodman. Follow Up Boy doing Benny Goodman. I don't, don't want to hear it. And yeah. I... I have a soft spot for Fall Out Boy. Oh, sure. I'm a folia do girl through and through. <laughs> what do you think of Fire? New Fall Out Boy. Hate, I hate anything beyond like Save Rock and Roll. Doesn't even sound like Fall Out Boy. No. Save Rock and Roll was the last good Fall Out Boy album, period. And even like, Save Rock and Roll was It sounds like it. they were like, hey, you know Imagine Dragons? Let's just do that. And everyone yeah. was like, no, don't do that. That's what it sounds That's like. That's what they should not have done. <laughs> yeah, they did uh, Imagine Dragons. They did Imagine Dragons. And only Imagine Dragons can do it for that one song. They can't even do it for any other song except that. Are you saying Radioactive? It's a, it's okay song. It's a good song. <laughs> I Everything taught, else I don't care about. I've taught Lightning enough to, like, to enough like five-year-olds. I don't know what is with my Imagine <laughs> Dragons. Um, they have like <laughs> capitalized on like seven-year-olds. Like I don't know. Like Maybe their songs are in four night or some shit like I don't know but like I'll be like hey we just learned five Beethoven songs what do you want to learn like, oh I want to learn lightning yeah. <laughs> and then I play and I'm like is this, this the same as radioactive like, <laughs> um what is cancer a metaphor for? Can we get another point on the cry counter? This is a cry Ding. counter song. Holy shit, this one is so sad. This one is so fucking sad. I, I don't know what cancer is a metaphor for in this context, but also there's like some really literal like... Cancer, yeah. I'm... What are the, the lyrics? patient has cancer. I mean, they're talking about like their literal physical form deteriorating because Oof. they're subject to chemo, which can be so, you know, physically devastating. Some of the lyrics, my lips are chapped and faded. I'm awful just to see. My hair's abandoned all my body. Baby, I'm just soggy from the chemo. Like, mm. this person feels pathetic. Mm-hmm. This person is like, I'm wasting away. I'm horrible to look at. Don't even fucking waste your time with me. Did Ouch. Your, did way experience, like, someone with cancer in his life? Is that... I'm not sure. Know? I I didn't see anything, like, super obviously popped out. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, it could, it could be applied to a variety of scenarios, I'm sure. Sure, yeah. It says something about the album. It's like this song specifically. Yeah. That it can be such a sad, like, concept with sad mm-hmm. lyrics, but, like, you want to listen to it again. Because I was thinking of, you know, Hospice by the Antlers? Mm-hmm. That album is so sad. I listened to it, and I'm like, I don't want to listen to it again. Yeah. Like, it was really oh, good. It wasn't bad. But it's like, same with, like, you know, movies that, like, you know, same with, like, Boy in Striped Pajamas. I'll never watch yeah. that again. Yeah. Like, Even like a Marley and Me. Yeah, Marley and Me. Right up for a dream. <laughs> but like with this album, it's like, it's it touches on all those things. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like the self-awareness or the camp or yeah. something about it. But like, I I mean, I've listened to Cancer over and over and over again on loop. Yeah. Whereas like, I would never do that with intro by the Antlers. Yeah. Otherwise, like I would, 
get depressed. Yeah, yeah. I, don't know. I don't know. There's something in the in the delivery that lends itself to another listen. Yeah, there's a lot of like I think along with like theatricality, there's a lot of like empathy in Gerard Way's vocal delivery. Yeah. Like I to my knowledge, you know, he has never had a terminal illness like this, but um <laughs> and Cameron, please cut that if that's not true. But I'm pretty sure that's not the case. Um you had something to say about the line, call me Aunt Maria. I wasn't for sure what that oh, was about. Oh, Aunt Marie. Oh, oh no, I, that's another thing. I, I'm not sure what it is, but like maybe it's just, every. I feel like everybody who listens to my chemical, like people who are big Michael Chemical Romance fans, maybe they have like some shared, I don't even know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> this, this song, like the Aunt Marie line has become a meme. Oh. Which is like weird because it's such a tragic song, but yeah. it's like you see it like on like the most stupid little meme Soy Jack comment comics <laughs> like you're like oh this is such a sad song I wouldn't I don't I don't know huh. yeah the yeah. Aunt Marie line is a total meme like you just, you just I've see seen it, a million just, memes huh. about Aunt Marie and I'm like yeah this song is like about dying you guys why <laughs> why are you and, memeing on it <laughs> uh, Genius says is more likely an ironic reference to Marie Curie who pioneered research in radioactivity and died of cancer oh oh. Ripperoonie too. That because at first read, I thought maybe he has an Aunt Marie who died of cancer, but mm-hmm. he well, Aunt Marie reference. doesn't die of cancer. Oh, the listener dies, mm-hmm. and he's like calling Aunt Marie, like I was like, bring her to my tell, bedside, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Oh, okay, interesting. The plot thickens. It's yeah, it's kind of this like take a shot juxtaposition <laughs> of like I want to say goodbye to my family. No, don't look at me. I'm horrible and pathetic. Mm. It's so hard to leave you. Just let me go. Oh, I, I can't think about it too much because it's really going to put me in my bag. Should we take a quick pee break and sure. then come back and talk about Liza Minnelli? Yeah. Liza Minnelli. Ah! I love that. Pause. Balls to you. <laughs> Welcome back, folks. Y'all want to talk about Liza Minnelli? I do. Oh, my God. I Especially because I don't know who she is and all I know about her is balls to you. <laughs> well, that's a great place to start. So we talked about how this album, The Black Parade, has a lot of like sort of campy cabaret show tunesy references. Mm-hmm. And I did not know until literally this week when like as an adult who cares who Liza Minnelli is, I was looking at this and I was like, wait, what the fuck? They got a Liza Minnelli feature? <laughs> so I again, I didn't know this, about this as a kid. Uh, Liza Minnelli is the daughter of Judy Garland of The Wizard of Oz and, you know, many other popular movies and musicals fame. Um, And she herself is an EGOT winner. She has an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. Wow. That's what that means. EGOT, I thought there was, like, an award ceremony called the EGOT. (laughs) 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 I stand (laughs) for that. Welcome back to the EGOT Awards. so she she's just an icon, um, very much like a queer ally as well. Singer, dancer, actress, just widely beloved and renowned. Um, and was one of the stars of the movie Cabaret mm. uh, with choreography by Bob Fosse. She's very, I don't know if either of you are very familiar with Fosse, but it's a very peculiar style of dance where you very isolated movements. It's kind of jazzy. Um, she's iconic. And I want to play a little bit of a song that 
kind of reminded me of Mama, the next song we're going to talk about. It's the song Money Money from the music, uh, yeah, the musical, musical movie, Cabaret. Take a little listen. This is Liza and Joel Gray singing. Money. Money. Shut up! 
hear that Oof. little voice in the background that's like, <laughs> you're shut up and Yeah, there's some vocal productions. Like, it's giving like, like Danny Elfman. It's giving Nightmare Before Christmas. I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> it's very. But I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So then we get Liza. And if you would call me your sweetheart, I'd maybe then sing you a song. But the shit that I've done with this fucking Oh my god. Oh, nice. I got the chills. <laughs> Living yeah. legend. She's still alive, right? Let me make sure she's still she's alive. She's alive. Oh, I figured. We would have, oh, uh, yeah, we wouldn't know. We would have we heard her. No, now she's going to die tomorrow. No! Now, as long as she doesn't if, die before June 20th. If you listen to this podcast, <laughs> and she's that. dead before June 20th. <laughs> We're not preying on Liza Minnelli's no, no, downfall. No, yeah. Because when I quickly cover sleep and get to teenagers, yeah, sleep's yeah. a good song and a good band. Do you like? Sleep? I like, I do like sleep. Like the doom metal band, stoner metal band. Yeah, stoner metal. Yeah, it's about the same. I remember I was so impressionable as a twelve-year-old. I read a review on this album, and I was like, "Oh, it was like one review from like this random dude online," and I'm like, "This is." The opinion that everybody had. Yeah. And they said they didn't like sleep. So I was like, oh, okay, I don't like sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I don't like this guy. I. Anyway, I listened to Sleep the Way Here and I was like, oh, yeah, this song's really good. I'm such a stupid 12 year old. The samples in the beginning, I, I throw a little, like, the like the tremor lines in the beginning. Yeah. It's a little much for me. I yeah. think it's the only time the album where it gets a little too camp. And I'm like, oh, every time I hear it, I roll my eyes, like, oh my God, just get to the song. Right. Let's go. But the song is catchy. Have you heard about um, like the background of those vocal recordings? Like what those are? No, but now I'm probably going to be like, oh, I'm so stupid. I shouldn't have said that. It's not stupid. It's not stupid. But I found out like what it was. And I still, I don't necessarily think it like super, well, I can't speak to what does or doesn't have a place on this album. I didn't make the album. But there are recordings of Gerard Way himself Talking about like night terrors he had oh. while recording this album because apparently they recorded it at the Paramore, but not spelled like the band, spelled like the actual word P A R A M O U R mansion, which apparently is like super haunted. So I'm I'm gonna play like a little bit of the recordings. <laughs> So spooky. That Ooh, it comes spooky. up a bunch on the song, but he's just he's I think just like recounting like night terrors that he's You know had. how every time there's a new Batman movie and they interview like the villain, the villain's always like the actor, he's like, Yeah, I had nightmares while I was recording this role. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe they did it to this song, to this album. <laughs> it's just Jared Leto being like, Yeah, I sent dead birds to my co-stars or whatever the fuck. Jesus Christ. Didn't he do shit like that? Probably. Oh, he did worse. He sent used condoms. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's oh, like you're right. He's a method actor. Oh, he's also got like a weird cult about him. He and he has his own band. What's his band called? 30 Seconds Third. to Mars. Oh, I was about to say Third Eye Blind, which is so wrong. <laughs> One of the 30 Second to Mars songs is exactly the same song as Damn It by Blink-182. I believe that. Exactly That's the okay. same song. I think Jared Leto is a fuck. <laughs> And I'm okay with the, with saying that loud and proud. Yeah. Jared Leto's a fuck. Is he an EGOT? No. 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 Absolutely not. Because he's a musician. He uh... was the Joker, and he like he was so damaged. They have to have that. They had to tattoo "damaged" on his forehead. Because so how else would the how audience else would know? You know that Joker's crazy? 
You know, like, I mean, we can't act it out. We like, how else are they gonna know? We can't show. We have to tell. <laughs> he also had ha 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 ha, ha oh, all over yeah. his arm. So yeah. Just let you know that he laughs. Yeah. <laughs> What's the new movie that he's in where he like... Oh, more, it's Morbid Time. <laughs> where he like kind of plays like a werewolf, but not really. I don't oh, it's know. a vampire. Oh, it's a vampire. Yeah. Oh, that checks and out. Jared Leto vampire. He says it's Morbid Time. It's the only <laughs> part of the movie I remember. Mighty Morphin Jared Leto. <laughs> get, get morphed. <laughs> this meme's not going to be funny in like 20 days. And it's going to come oh, out. No. And people are going to be like, oh, did they really just say it's Morbid Time? <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing about our podcast. Evergreen, baby. Evergreen. <laughs> We've said more outdated memes. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Should we move on to teenagers? Yes, we should. <sighs> it's catchy. It's a catchy tune. It's so catchy. He wrote it about actually being afraid of teenagers. Me too, girl. Dude, me too. Teenage, especially nowadays. I'm spooked. I was, spooked. I was afraid of teenagers when I was a teenager. When I was, yeah, a teenager. I've been. I'd see them at the mall, and I would for like, like ten years. Run into the t- teenagers are scary when you're a preteen. Uh huh. When you're a teen. Uh huh. When you're an adult. Yeah. When you're an, an older adult, they're yeah. scary all the time. It's a relatable song. And <laughs> urban teens are like no other. Oh man, have you ever gone to a? Abercrombie and Fitch. Yeah. Like, I can't breathe. <laughs> Even as like, a teen, I'm like, I would convince my mom to go into Abercrombie all the time because I was like, I was like a varsity athlete in high school. So like my teammates were wearing it. I was like, yeah, let me go to the store because my my teammates are walking around like holding bags with shirtless men on them. I want to go to there. <laughs> and so I would convince my mom to take me there. And every time she'd be so pissed leaving the store, she'd be like, I can't breathe. And someone farted in the restroom. <laughs> I always wanted to go to Abercrombie and Fish. And I finally got my mom to take me one time. Mm-hmm. And she bullied me while I was there. She's Aww. like looking at me like, are you serious? Are you serious? And like, I I, I left because I was like, okay, mom, let's just go. I don't want to be here anymore. You're making, me, you're making me feel bad. So we went to Aeropostale. Yes! But then we'd be walking out and I'd be like sad. I'd be like, my mom doesn't get it. And uh-huh. I look back at it. I was talking to her the other day and I was like, mom, thank you so much for yeah. not letting me wear Abercrombie. <laughs> Did you watch the documentary that came out about Abercrombie? Yes. It was no. insane. It's called, I think it's called White Hot. And it's on Netflix, and it's about, like, sort of how the, like, the senior executives and founding sort of members of Abercrombie Corporate were, like, strictly hiring people based on looks, based on whiteness explicitly. Like, they would only have people of color, like, working the backroom stocking night shifts or, like, not have them on the floor when, like, senior executives were going to fin- uh, visit stores. Super fun. And they would hire, like, teenage, literal teenagers to, the the role was called model, yeah. but it was, like, a store associate. Um, and they would just hire, like, white, hot mm. models, quote, unquote, to, like, like, 17-year-olds fucking standing in front of the store being like, hey, baby. Insane. Wild. And then they met their downfall. Capitalism sucks. Oh, capitalism <laughs> sucks. But then, like, I, I don't remember if it was, like, one of the founders or the CEO. I forget what his title was. Um, but he sort of said, like, explicitly, like, Abercrombie is not a brand for everybody. We only want, like, thin, hot, rich, white people wearing our clothes. And then people got wind of that and were like, 
okay, I mean, we, like, kind of knew that was the case. But also, fuck you for saying it out loud. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And also, like, years. Because he said that in, like, 2012. Like, yeah. Wow. And it wasn't until, like, I remember, like, it being on the news, like, three or, well, like, three years ago. That's probably longer yeah. than that. But, like, it was, like, well, he said this, like, years ago. Yeah, yeah that's why the cool kids would shop at Hot Topic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is arguably <laughs> the best mall store. Oh, um, yeah. That and Spencer's. Shout out to my Hot Topic girls. Shout out to my PacSun girls. <laughs> my Aeropostale girls. We see you. I never shopped at Hot Topic. I'm a poser. <gasps> I only I shopped there for like a couple of band t-shirts. I remember buying band t-shirts and then like people would be like, did you see that band live? I'd be like, no, I got a Hot Topic. No. And they would make fun of me for it. <laughs> I did. Oh, this is very. So it was like a thing, right? Do you guys remember that being like, oh, like you didn't even see that band live? You just bought a hot topic. I bought a Fault in Our Stars T-shirt oh. from Hot Topic, and then wore it to go see the movie in theaters. But it said like it was the two little clouds, and it said okay, okay. <laughs> and I'm gonna see if someone can send me the photo. I I bought that at Hot Topic. <laughs> I was like a soft Hot Topic girl. One of the notes that I had about this song that I thought was kind of funny, and I've been thinking about this a little bit, because, like, I'm one of the youngest people in the office that I work in, and, like, people in the office often talk about, like, Gen Z, and they're like, ugh, those Gen Z kids, they don't know their left shoe from their right shoe, or whatever the hell. And it's just, I think this song is funny because it's sort of a pattern societally that, like, every older generation always thinks that the youngest generation is a fuck. Yeah. Uh-huh. Since literally forever. <laughs> like, in the 70s, the old peeps were like, oh, these hippies, they're going to smoke the devil's lettuce and f-. Now those are baby boomers, and they're like, <laughs> and these they're millennials boomers. don't work. And I'm like, you are hippies. And now the millennials are like, <laughs> oh, these Gen Z babies, they don't know anything about anything. And it's like every older, every older generation feels that way about the youngest generation. And the generation is just going to grow up and be people. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to dunk on younger generations Mm -hmm. because they're younger than you and they don't know shit yet. I I love Gen Z so much. I do too. I I remember in high school, we all had to do, like, a report on, like, for history class or something. And I wrote about Karl Marx, about how based he was. (laughs) I can't believe I just said based. I'm talking to some of a piano teacher. I work with kids too much. (laughs) And, like, I remember that being, like, controversial. Like, you know, I can't be a communist in school. And now... I like, like, I have so many 17 year old, 16 year old people who follow my band. Mm-hmm. And I look at their profile, I'm like, oh, who followed me? I look at their profile, and they're all like radical leftists. I'm like, damn, what's going on with these kids? They're all so much cooler than <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like, like, they're standing up for all sorts of rights and walking out of schools and doing yeah, good what, things. What, what, what and, are you yeah. doing? That's yeah. the thing is like the radical thing that millennials did was like got ping pong tables into office buildings <laughs> and like Gen Z is like I will literally step on your neck if you come for a trans person yeah. I swear to fucking god I saw a meme and it was like Gen Z will literally have no problem slashing the tires on a cop car easy but they will be too afraid to ask the waitress to bring <laughs> more ketchup <laughs> and that's why I love them the, they're like respectful like, I don't want to bother class. the waitress <laughs> like, I'll, I guess I know ketchup Gen Z Base as hell, dude. They do say the word pogs, though. I don't get that. I don't know yeah. what it is. They'll be like, that's poggers. I, mean, I think it's good. <laughs> is it, how do you spell it? Is it P A W G? I think it's like some P-O-G. twitch. Thing. It's P O G. I think it's short for pog champ. 
which is like a Twitch thing from the FGC, which I heard is like, okay, maybe I'm talking too much. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, I don't know. Origins of Pog as I know it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's from the fighting game, fighting games on Twitch. Okay, I've heard that okay. P-O-G, Pog, stands for play of game. Oh. So it's like the best thing you did during that game. I don't okay. think so. It, that's what I've heard. I don't so know. like if you like fucking take down a boss in like a sig ass boss battle, people are like pog. That's fucking pog. I'm gonna Google it. Oh, you're so right. Not, it, not it is play of the game. Yeah. But it's also from Twitch and short to pog champ. So we're both right. Uh, okay, we're both right. Okay. We're both gamers. We're both gamers. <laughs> <laughs> I used to play competitive Smash Bros. <laughs> and I would go to tournaments, so I know. <laughs> I love that. Uh, how do you guys feel about these last three tracks coming out? Well, two and a bonus track, which we'll talk about bonus tracks when we get there. But how do you guys feel about the last two tracks? Disenchanted gets another point on the cry counter. Mm. This one made me, uh, I wouldn't say like a full blown sob. Like, I didn't have to call my therapist about it, but a little weepy. Mm-hmm. A yeah. little weepy. Yeah. The the line that that kind of got to me was, I hate uh, I hate the ending myself, but it started with an all right scene. I don't know. That For whatever reason, like, reflecting back on your life and being like, fuck, it, it really sucks that I got a terminal illness and wasted away in a hospital bed. But my childhood was pretty good. I don't know that it that was my interpretation of it. it had a pretty good, pretty good tutorial, but the main game was like short and bad. Yeah, <laughs> I like the acoustic opening. Yeah, that's what yeah. like. There's one thing I really like about this album, opposed to a lot of like I, I don't know the word Malgoth is like not a good, not probably like a, not a good word to call these this music, but like all the songs on this album sound so distinct from each other, mm-hmm. and that's one of the hardest things about like emo punk music and all the songs are like the whiny voice have the power pop chords but like this song especially you just start with the acoustic guitar and you're like ah I can immediately know what like know where I am in the album just from the first parts of each song yeah I listen to like you know I love I love Newfound Glory when I was like in middle school but like <laughs> I listen to a song and I'm like I don't I just put it on shuffle and I don't, I don't know which album I'm listening to yeah so, yeah I like this line This is such a good second to last song. Like, it winds you down. It winds. Yeah. It's, it's like brings you back now, and it like I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think there's a word for second to last. Penultimate. Penultimate. Yeah, it's a good word. Come it's on, the, vocab. This is the best penultimate song. <laughs> That's a twenty-five cent word. Yeah. <laughs> Did either of your like English teachers assign currency value to words? No. Like if you were saying like. Mm, that was a yummy burger. She'd be like, 10 cents. That no, that's like <laughs> you a pay penny. me. <laughs> yeah, you pay me for that one. But if you're like, that was a decadent burger, she's like, okay, that's 10 cents. Okay. That's pretty good. Okay. I hate when where people use words like that though. What's a fancy word? So he said the fancy word for second to last. What's this fancy word for last? Last. Last. That's the fanciest word we can think of. All last. Conclusion? <laughs> 
The caboose? Caboose. The caboose of the song. <laughs> the grand <laughs> Did anybody else's English teacher have like class jobs? And yes. one of the class jobs was being the caboose, yes. which means you were always last in line, and your job was to make sure everybody got there. Oh, dang. You guys were getting put to work in middle school. I think that honestly was like, I, I'm not saying it like caused my anxiety disorder, but it like helped sow a seed because I was in the back holding the fucking fort down. Like, guys, be in the line. I, I was like, excuse me, step to the left. Step to the left, please. Don't get just don't stop for water. Don't go to the bubbler, please. Let's come on. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. <laughs> so so does this caboose of a song. Famous last words. Does it conclude the album well? What do you guys think? What do you guys think about the song? Is it really the caboose though? Because the, there's a bonus track. There's there's a, it, it's not even like Which a bonus. I'm, it's called I'm, a hidden track. I miss the hidden track. It's the caboose who's not doing their job. The hidden track yeah. didn't exist or did exist before streaming. Now it's not hidden because you can just see the track. Just there. But when you bought a CD, you I, had remember, a CD. I remember listening for 10 minutes in silence, like, oh, is there a bonus we're track? Almost there. Yeah. <laughs> we're almost there. It's only like a minute 30, but it feels like a long time. I forgot about bonus yeah. tracks till I listened to this album. Yeah, this one's the caboose wink. wink. I love famous last words. I love this it's song. Like like honestly, I this this album is like the first two songs were so good. Mm-hmm. Then Black Parade is so good. And then like I think Hey Mama, not Hey Mama, that's an Outcast song. <laughs> <laughs> hey Mama. No, no, Hey Mama. Wait, no, Hey, Hey, yeah. Who? Okay, cut this out. Shake <laughs> it. Anyway, shake it. <laughs> but yeah, like I felt I this like the second half of this album is really good. But like I feel like it's pretty front loaded. Mm. But then the song so. comes in at the end, and you're like, oh shit, this song is so good. This one's a fucking anthem. Yeah. And it's got kind of, I don't know if either of you looked into like the lore of this song. No. Question tell us mark. about it. So, historically, th- there's brothers in this band. So, mm-hmm. Gerard Way's brother, Mikey Way, Ooh, Mikey. is the bassist for My Chemical Romance. And after Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge, after a lot of touring pressure, a lot of. Ah! Um, Mikey, who struggles with anxiety and depression, was, like, having a real tough time, had to bow out of the band for a little bit. And so this song, Famous Last Words, was written by Gerard for Mikey as a way to kind of, like— that's nice. —shepherd him back in uh, and be like, hey, I wrote this song for you. If you like it, come on back in and play it with me. Which Aww. I love sibling Honey, if you relationships. Stay, you'll be forgiven. Mikey is I love Mike when Mikey sings. Because mm-hmm. he's always the one singing like the really high, like mm. just long notes. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. I, I don't know. Something about listening to this. I I just do they have more than one sibling? I think they're the only two know. brothers. I think so. But I don't know for sure. But like I only have one sibling and she is so special to me. And like Something about like listening to the song and imagining like Gerard's the older sibling, so like mm. writing a song Aww. for my younger sister who's going through a tough Siblings time. Are like just people who experienced all the same trauma you did. Exactly. <laughs> Sibling relationships, I think, are Super so important. special. Yeah. Um. So I think it's darling, and also this song is a fucking anthem. I'm not so afraid to God. keep on living. I'm not afraid to walk this world alone, bitch. Yeah. I was listening to this one like walking into work. Well, (laughs) 
I was literally listening to it walking through the West Loop, going to pick up prints at the FedEx store. <laughs> but I felt like the baddest bitch on the sidewalk. <laughs> I was strutting to this song. I was like, I'm not afraid to keep on living. I love that. In my My Chemical Romance movie, uh-huh. this Please was still. the song <gasps> that was played as the main character approached the final battle. Yes! Oh. It wasn't the final battle. It was like, yeah, we're about to fight That's this big ass three-headed dragon in yep. a high school gymnasium, gymnasium yeah. yes. during a volleyball game. It's so good. And I just think about also like all the people who this album meant a lot to like at the time and how, I mean, I think about like albums that I really loved and artists I really loved when I was young I could totally see this one being like just so near and dear to the hearts of people who yeah. were really into this. Like what a fucking mantra. I'm not afraid to keep on living for people who might have been kind of sad. Yeah. I think that's a huge message. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a nice positive way to end it. Like the oh, whole yeah. album. Like I don't know. It's so and maybe that's why like I said earlier like I can listen to it over and over again. It never in, like it's never too sad. Mm-hmm. Like it's like at least I don't know. It's it's a good ending. Yeah, but does it end there? But does it end? Let's <gasps> let's make the listener listen to the whole minute thirty of silence before we talk about it. Ready, set, go. <laughs> <laughs> Roscoe didn't like that. I hope Roscoe that picked up on the mic. <laughs> Um, this is kind of a fun bonus track. It gets back into the cabaret oh, Zach, feel. It's still playing. You don't know when it's going to kick in. I don't know. Oh, you're still playing. Oh. I'm still playing it. It could kick in. Let's at just a keep talking notice. about it, and it'll kick in when it kicks in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will say I love this song, and you'll hear you'll hear kind of how it sounds. But I love sort of the transatlantic, like campy accent. That super. Gets, yeah. Well, they encourage your complete cooperation. It doesn't have any. It's not really part of the cinematic universe of the rest of the album, or is it? <laughs> not really. Not it really. almost feels like a commercial for what happens. <laughs> it's like the the after the movie, where you wait like like a Marvel, like the Marvel like yeah. movie, <laughs> where you wait the whole movie, and all of a sudden there's one random character from like the 1960s. Bob and you're like, oh, I know. Oh, it's blood. <laughs> I didn't like this song when I was a kid because, oh. like, I was so serious, and I was like, "This album is so serious and dark." And then, and then here at the end, they're one. like, "Blood, I'm blood, Skippy McDippy. I got gallons <laughs> of stuff." And I'm like, "Yeah." Well, they encourage your complete cooperation. Send your roses when they think you need to smile. I can't control myself because I don't know how When they love me for it, honestly, I'll be here for a while So give them blood, blood, gallons of the stuff Give them all that they can drink and it will never be enough So give them blood, blood, blood Grab a glass because this is so fucking good There's a part of the song where I forget they say, like, I'm such a lousy fuck or something And he sings it, like, for, like, four He's like, I'm such a lousy fuck Should we listen to it? In the clean version, it's just silence. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm such, such a lousy, lousy. <laughs> Nothing. And then you just swear, and then it comes back. So give the blood. <laughs> okay, let's let's do it justice. I want to hear a giant long fuck on the podcast. Please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you adore me so, but it's really quite alarming. Because I'm such an awful fuck. I shame you. 
gallons of the stuff. That's a well a well placed f bomb. I feel like yes. this is part of the cinematic universe. <laughs> this is like after the patients died, and they yeah. become like one of those cute little ghosts that are just like, ooh, like Casper the friendly ghost. He's got a little cut top. Just like, hi guys. <laughs> it wasn't so of, bad. It gives like like Fallout energy. Sure, yeah. Not yeah. Fallout Boy, but like Fallout the video. Yeah, because it's from the twenties. <laughs> like very doomed. Yeah. Uh, radio jingle. I'm so here for it. Yeah, it's I want to talk like this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do a potty. Go pee pee, girl. Folks, we are back, and after well, I was about to say like much heated debate, but no, Danny had a, <laughs> Danny suggested something, and we immediately were like, wait, that's perfect. Um, so Danny, would you please uh, award this Rabruski? We're going to re- award uh, My Chemical Romance the EGOTH Award, <laughs> an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, a Tony, and a hell yeah. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations, Stradway. You really did it. You really did it. You got an EGOTH. You got an EGOTH. <laughs> so fucking good. Um, <laughs> folks, we are Album Rebrews, and we will continue being Album Rebrews. If you want to check us out on Twitter and Instagram, it is at Album Rebrews. And if you want to take a look at our website, it is www.albumrebrews.com. Also, happy Pride, y'all. This is We're recording this in May, but it's Hell coming yeah. out in June. Yeah. Can I get a quick gay rights? Gay rights? Woo. I don't know if that's true. Gay honest. rights! Yeah. Um, to our queer listeners, I hope you find a little bit of time this month to, I don't know, celebrate. Have a, have a, have a gay little moment for yourself. We love you. Mwah. Hell yeah. Mwah. Uh, giant thank you to Cannon Bop, our editor and songwriter for their intro. Uh, special thanks to Cam. Check him out at CamBop17 on Twitch and Twitter. Huge fucking ginormous shout out to Danny Robles for coming and hanging out with us in Zach's sweaty little apartment it's for this episode. Sweaty, this episode and for bringing a fun ass album a and a fun, fun ass, ass beer check out Danny's band Calico Loco if you like music that is loud that is emo that is gay yes. that is the musical interpretation of a bedazzled jacket uh, check out Calico Loco on Instagram calico.loco I'm they've not got, fucking kidding. Got, songs of the summer. Songs of the summer. They got new music coming out all July, all August, all September. And when you see them live, not if, when, when blow them a little kiss and tell them Album Bruce sent you. Uh, Danny, anything you want to say to the folks before we we end this this sweet little episode? <laughs> Hi guys, bye. <laughs> <laughs> that was my, that was my okay, game. so to take it home, the very last thing we do every single episode is we get very, very close to the mic and we whisper a very tender goodbye to everyone listening. So we're going to do it in the same order that we did our intro. So I'm going to go first. All right. Goodbye. Good night. Goodbye. Goodbye.